Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Unexplained with the time traveler and Mark Wren. And we will be talking today about a very controversial subject. Not that it should be, because we all saw it happen. It was called the 9-11 terrorist attack. Uh, it happened on September 11, 2001, at a sunny morning in New York City and also in Washington, D.C., when apparently three different planes crashed into their targets, one in Pennsylvania, um, and um, at least two of these planes were apparently vaporized by the explosion. Um, and yet, and even though we have many cameras that were trained on the Pentagon, not one has been released showing the image of a plane crashing into it. But these are just some of the other questions, that, some of the big questions that surround this uh, event. And now before... Um, <clears throat> Sorry, um, I'm a little bit uh, my horse here. But um, before we get into the uh, the issue of 9/11, or and we're going to have Mark Wren get on here in a second. Let me just see if he's in the studio yet. Not yet. Um, we I, I wanted to read an article that um, kind of um, <laughs> encapsulates a lot of the stuff that you know, people that have studied the issue and then have to kind of talk to people who, you know, really haven't, uh, what they usually deal with. Um, you know, because there's just so many things. It's like if you really delve into the 9-11 story and you start to do just just some basic research, you, you just get the feeling that something's really wrong about the story and it just doesn't add up. For example... Um, why is it, even though physicists say it's impossible, that two airplanes crashing into the top of a building would bring both buildings down? Now, many would say that the fires that came from those explosions were so hot that the metal, for example, was uh, melted. Um, you know, th this is the kind of thing that mo a lot of physicists just can't get behind, and there's been a huge number of them that have come forward to say, look, this doesn't make sense. Without a controlled demolition, those towers could not have come down in the way they did. Um, we have Mark Wren in the studio, and so I will bring him on. What's up, Mark Wren? Hey, Logan. How's, uh, how's it going? Good, good, man. Uh, glad you can make it. I'm... Uh, you know, we may get silence during this um, show because uh, probably not, though, because uh, there's a lot of people talking about it. It is, you know, the 10th anniversary of 9/11. Uh, what are your thoughts on? Uh, I mean, was it a successful con job? Was it a successful? I mean, did the Bush administration plan this? Was this something they let happen? I mean, w w tell me what you think happened. Like well, if someone I think, just, let's just, let me just look that up here. If someone just came down from another planet and just wanted you to give a, like, a 10 minute little explanation of what you think, you know, explain 9 11. Go ahead. Um, well, I, I, I think I'd like to start by, you know, on behalf of uh, yourself and, and me, you know, to pay our respects to the, to the you know, to the 3,000 people that, that, that died in. 
that died in the New York and, and Washington and uh, Pennsylvania uh, incidents. Um, yeah, I mean the 10th anniversary is coming up this this uh, this Sunday, and uh, it doesn't it, it doesn't really seem 10 years. It seems like maybe five, but you know the, the since that since that fateful day, the you know the world has changed, and uh, I think uh, a lot of people agree it's it's changed changed for the worse. Um, as for the actual incident, um, in, in a way, the the uh, the 9/11 and um, the incident and incident and various theories surrounding it have become our generation's um, our generation's JFK. Um, people that were alive when JFK was assassinated um, have, have always had a, opinions. I mean, we've covered this on on other shows before. It's 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 been a it's a, it's a famous case of uh, the, the saying of um, you always remember where you were, you know, when you heard such and such news and people from that generation always remember where they were when they heard Kennedy was killed and I think for our generation um, it's, it's a case of you know where were you and what you know what were you doing what happened when you heard the news about the uh, <clears throat> about the 9-11 attacks about you know especially when the uh, when the uh, when the towers when the towers fell but um, I mean there's been there's been documentaries there's been movies um, based on some of the um, <clears throat> conspiracy theories or or not conspiracy theories trying to just make sense of of what happened and there there is a lot of information out there and we're kind of fortunate that we're in we're in this age of the uh of the internet and a lot of um a lot of uh ways of access and media that that wasn't available in the um in the days of the kennedy assassinations so this there seems to be a lot lot more um a lot more tools for people to uh decide to investigate um, to assess uh, the evidence uh, of what actually happened on on that um, on that terrible day. Yeah, and you know, there's a lot of people who kind of scoff at any suggestion that it was a false flag operation. And for those of you who don't understand what that means, that's a term where a government will plan an attack to and then stage it as though it's coming from a foreign enemy. Uh, it's yeah. called a false flag. And if if you are somebody who just can't think, can't get your mind around the fact that the government would even think of doing such a thing, a real a, a good start for you to check is called Operation Nor- Northwoods, and this was actually a plan that was presented to Kennedy, who we just mentioned, uh, to attack uh, certain buildings in Chicago and blame it on Castro in order to precipitate, you know, our involvement in a military action in Cuba. Uh, of course, Kennedy did reject that plan, but, it, you know, this is not an unusual thing for a government to to do, right? Yeah, I mean, if you, if, if you I mean, you've, you've mentioned Operation, Operation Northwoods, which uh, I, I think uh, probably a lot of people don't actually know about, but it's... Um, it's uh, it's out there on the uh, the internet if you want to read up on it. But if you look through yeah. just if you just look through history and and it, although it's it's a little bit of a a little bit of a little bit of messing with your mind to think that you know can our rulers can our you know can our governors can our presidents and prime ministers and kings and queens can they be this evil? But if you look through history, you know it's littered with incidents where. Uh, 
these these people in charge have have done these things to the people to to further their own means. If you look at, um, I mean, way back in history, if you look at like, um, um, I mean, going back to Roman days, you had like, uh, I think it was Emperor Nero, you know, set fire to set fire to Rome to, you know, to 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 blame it on the to blame it on the Christians, uh, to you know to carry carry on the persecution that was going on at the time and. And even in, in recent history, well, not so much recent history, but certainly the, the 20th century, um, before the um, before World War II, um, Adolf Hitler burned down his own his own government building, the Reichstag in in Germany. Yeah, the Reichstag fire. Right. Yeah, the Reichstag fire. Blamed it on a. Yeah. I mean, he sat on top of the rubble and, and proclaimed that he was going to get the terrorists who did this. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, Bush made that. Speech saying we, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna hunt them there, we're gonna hunt them there, we're gonna dig them out of their foxholes, we're gonna, you know, wanted dead or alive, kind of the old western western spirit. Um, but it seemed like after, it seemed yeah, like after you look at Hitler's speech, you know, Hitler had the same speech. I mean, when 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 the Reich fire happened, I'm just comparing him. Yeah, you're right. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, I mean the, the the Hitler thing was, you know, we'll find our energies. You know, you know we're gonna. I think Bush's famous quote is, "We're gonna smoke them out." Um, right. You know we're gonna we're gonna find our enemies. We're gonna <clears throat> we're gonna crush them. And I, and I think uh, it, there there are parallels between. It's strange yet there are parallels between you know someone as evil as Hitler and someone as possibly as evil as Bush or or certainly um, <clears throat> certainly uh, not intelligent or whatever people want to criticise about Bush. Um, the fact that shortly after the um, the uh, Hitler incident, um, Hitler um, set up his own um, homeland um, security. Um, yeah. And same, what happened and he after called that? It almost the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, literally called it. I think it, I'm not sure what the exact term fatherland security or something right. like. That, but you know, literally, uh, you know, mirrors uh, Bush's um, set up of um, homeland security uh, not so long after the 9/11 <clears throat> attacks to sort of protect the nation's interests and to um well inadvertently or or maybe not inadvertently it's created this kind of age of of paranoia and big brother and and and, and government poking their nose into every citizen's aspect of every citizen's lives the the, the trouble that you have at airports now the trouble that you that you can have um, yeah buying a gun or getting credit or hiring a car there's just there's so much background checks on on, on people now, and um, I, I don't, you know, we're in age now. Where I think this is here for good, and I don't think anything's going to be relaxed anytime soon. I mean, if you can you can go to, I mean, I I, I go abroad from maybe once or twice a year, and in problems at airports, you know, with with the queues and, and security are, are always a big a big hassle. You just have to you know kind of keep your mouth shut and just suffer it. But it's, a, it's yeah. not, certainly not ideal. Uh, and, and you know it's funny too because it's the perfect you know when you have corporate control that is getting more and more infiltrating more and more government so that you know that they don't you know corporations don't you know have lost a lot of their rights. If corporations are to take over, they're, they're going to want that, and so it coincides with corporate 
take over a world, you know. I mean, it, to 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 instill fear and to to make people uh, accept, you know, all these great precautions. Yeah, I mean, you're you're right. You know, we're now in an era where it's, you know, uh, I think the Bush, you know, kind of famously said, you know, you you're either with us or you're against us. You know, you're either with us. Uh, you know, or you're, or you're with them, meaning you know the terrorists. And there'd be so many speeches of Bush and Cheney and Rumsfeld just saying terrorists and Al Qaeda and Taliban. Just so many times, just it's it's almost like a form of mind mind control, just kind of constantly just drumming these terms into into people's heads, creating this sort of this air of paranoia and you know, kind of Big Brother and 1984 and. You know, yeah, speaking of which, I mean, that that's a great book because it's almost like they took it as a manual, <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's 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 like if if you don't, you know, if you don't trust you if you don't trust your government, then, you know, there must be something, something wrong with you, but history is littered with you know, you know, uh subterfuge and and everything from and and betrayal and and conspiracies within governments even Going back, you know, past you know, Watergate and and uh, Iran Contra and things like that. I mean, governments have always uh, lied to the people, whether it's for their own, you know, to further their own means or as um, what's often stated, they uh, a famous kind of way they famous way of um, of wording it is uh, uh, national security. That's always the thing that's always trotted out. You know, it's in the interest of national security, national security all the time. National security. Right. Yeah, that's always a common uh, a, a common thing that people uh, will cite. Now, um, we I just want to set up though, like you know, the, the official story tells us that uh, uh, how many hijackers? Seventeen or nineteen? Nineteen. Nineteen. Uh, came, yeah. yeah, nineteen used a, used box cutters, and they all they you know they their plan was. Uh, they came in and uh, they got through security with these box cutters, and then they proceeded to, you know, take some stewardess hostage and then get to the cockpit and have forced them to open it, and 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 th- they took control of the planes, and then they crashed these planes into these buildings. The buildings fell because, I mean, this is the official story because the fire that burned, you know, from these planes when they hit the top of these buildings was so hot. And it yeah. melted the core of the <laughs> of these giant buildings that are meant to withstand such incidents. I mean, it's not like they didn't contemplate the you know the the possibility of a plane going into the top of the building. So yeah. it's like they're they're set up to to sustain you know a, a hit from a plane, yet they collapse on themselves almost in the fashion of a controlled demolition. But yet that was just due to all this hot. Burning, even though we have never in the history of the world seen a a building come down like that quickly because of a fire, any fire. So even fires that have been burning for days on end, but, but much less a few hours. But that's the story. Uh, also, that the plane uh, veered off and was um, taken over by a bunch of passengers uh, in Pennsylvania, and it crashed, uh, leaving no uh, fuselage. <laughs> And virtually no evidence at all that a plane even crashed there. Um, and then you have a plane apparently crashing into the Pentagon uh, at around the same time, and uh, that plane left a hole that 
was a lot smaller than a plane would have made, and also was none of the debris were, were were. There's no pictures of any debris, and there's and it's hard to see you know where the debris went. It looks like it vaporized, but all this is is you know part of the story. Yet there are no camera, there are no um, camera shots of a plane going into the Pentagon. That's the story that a plane went into the Pentagon. Now many people dispute that part of it. Um, so why don't you talk about like what you know the whole notion of the um, the Pentagon and what happened to it? Yeah, I mean, um, there's there's a uh, you know there's there's footage of um, you know like a, a security camera which is uh, which is I think I think it was positioned near a near um, a vehicle entrance point um, I think to the to the side of the Pentagon and, and you know the government have released video footage of. Um, yeah, it's one camera. Yeah, just like one camera. Yeah, one you know one camera. Yeah, one camera in in the in the most heavily protected building uh, in the world. You know, just one camera was working, and it would and it looked like a, a bad webcam, and you just literally you don't really see a plane at all. You just you just kind of see a maybe a a, a bit of motion a movement, and then. Um, then an explosion, and, and you ju- and you just see a kind of a ball of fire, just flames. Um, apparently, there were um, other cameras in the area um, um, at um, gas stations, and uh, I think some local stores. And uh, um, you know, the the authorities quickly um, <clears throat> quickly obtained the, the um, you know the footage from those cameras and they've never been shown and who knows what's happened to those maybe they've been destroyed or you know tucked away somewhere from uh, <coughs> from from uh, inquisitive eyes so who who actually right. knows um, but certainly f- from what you see of the thing the, the 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 gap in the building doesn't appear to be uh, enough to to have contained you know a, a large you know, commercial <coughs> commercial airplane, and um, I would have thought, you know, that if if, uh, if a plane crashed into the Pentagon, then with the, the size of the the wingspan of these <coughs> of these planes, you would you would you would have seen, you know, a, a bit a bigger hole and you know, and more of a mess than than, than what it was. I mean, it, I mean, yeah. I, I don't know. There's there's lots of theories about whether it was some kind of missile or or one of these drone planes that, that are just been been I sent there. Was, I mean, I'm pretty sure it was a plane because people that I know that wouldn't lie actually saw it. You know, they saw a plane, but it's like it was a smaller plane. It wasn't, you know, a 747. So it was probably like some kind of guided missile that was, you know, created to look like a plane or something like that. You know. Yeah, I, I think that I think that could be right. That the, the plane could have been mocked mocked up with um. You know, with the uh, with the colours of um, um, United Airlines, um, so so that people, because I mean, this this plane literally kind of uh, you know crossed over you know freeways or, or roads, you know, he- heading into the Pentagon, and people, that, you know, the obviously drivers that were on the road said that she saw a plane, you know, go over them, but you know whether you could tell from from that close up the, the you know the sheer size of the plane whether it was a, a real kind of a a jumbo jet plane or whether it would be something slightly smaller that's traveling at a, a fast speed who knows but that's you know the pentagon attack is is um is one of the things that a lot of people have questions about um as well as 
well, something that we'll get on to later, which is um, building number seven. Well, yeah, we'll talk about that in a second, but I just want to finish up with this because there is this, like, you know, this problem that, and this happened in the 9-11 site, too, was so much of the debris was just quickly gathered up and, you know, just burnt and melted down. And uh, apparently that's what happened with the fuselage of the plane. Like, people came in and they just picked it up really quickly and it was almost like, you know, fucking with a crime scene at that point. Um, you know, <clears throat> and so, you know, bef- so there was no way to examine the fuselage of whatever it is hit the uh, Pentagon. And so, you know, to this day, it's, you know, no camera except for that one little shitty one. And, you know, it, you know, it raised a lot of questions. So let's go to, yeah, building number seven, which, incidentally, here's a fact that you won't believe, but it, it happened um it, why you know and it's a question that a lot of 911 truth people ask is why did news agencies report that the uh World Trade Center number 7 collapsed almost a half hour before it did collapse um even though it was not hit by a plane and only had a few floors that were on fire and gave no indication that it was in any serious danger uh so so you know why don't you talk a little bit about building 7 there yeah, that's 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 right. I mean, when when you first started talking, uh, the I think the, the thing the first uh, the news footage uh, was actually from from you know my my own country's uh, BBC footage. Is that what you're referring to? The, the BBC was there's basically is that there's I think there's probably footage somewhere on YouTube or somewhere around the internet you can find it. There's a there's a BBC uh, British reporter. I think it's a, it was a lady. She's standing in front of a window and she's saying, "We've just uh, we've just heard that another building has fallen in Manhattan. It's the uh, um, Solomon Brothers yes. building, um, which it's it, which the BBC. was the yeah the BBC yeah. And um, she says the Solomon Brothers building, which is uh, you know the the company that was in that building. I mean the official name of the building. It was you know World Trade World Trade Seven. Um, and you can quite clearly see as she's talking, like the building is like behind her, and it's like, well, it, ha- it hasn't gone yet. You know, has ha- have the media got word that, you know, it it will be coming down, um, or not? And then you've got a famous interview with the, um, with um, Larry Silverstein, who who actually owned, you know, the World World Trade Center complex, and he's been and he's talked about World World Trade Center being asked about World Trade Trade Center Seven. And uh, he mentions in, in the interview that you know he says um, you know there were there were some fires there, but you know I spoke to the um, fire chief or police chief, and, and we made a decision to pull it. And if you're in right. that kind of if you're in the construction you know destruction business, you know the, the term pull it means to demolish, you know to, yeah. and even if you're going to demolish any kind of size of a building, it literally needs. You know, at least one to two weeks planning, and you've got to set the charges at certain, you know, weak points in the building to, to uh, you know, to destroy it in a, in a way that won't, you know, that won't affect other buildings around it, and to demolish it in the, you know, correct and proper way. Absolutely, and 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 it was the, um, I think it was a little bit of a fuck up on the part of whoever wired stuff that. I think they meant to set that off, you know, at the same time that they set the other building off, you know, and then they kind of forgot. And they're like, oh, shit, we have to get rid of this building, too, probably for insurance reasons, you know. 
Yeah, because it was um, like a lot. It was like a lot later on in the day that that that, that fell. I mean, obviously the twin towers fell in the uh, in the morning, and um, the uh, <clears throat> World Trade Seven uh, fell later on in the afternoon. Probably, if I'm if I'm thinking correct, maybe around four or five p.m. Um, but yeah. obviously it's a, a lot of time. And you know, the thing with World Trade Seven, you know, why um, this is kind of um, a big deal to people that are investigating it. The World Trade Seven was a was a complex that held that that um that housed um private businesses, private companies, as well as it was the New York offices of like the Secret Service, and the FBI and the CIA. So these you know, this building, you know, contained a lot of files and documents and you know, and it's led to people talking about, you know, the, the documents in there to do with, you know, money laundering or, you know, financial irregularities, you know, and, and, that, yeah. and things like that. And of course, they're all lost. They're all lost in the. Uh, they're all lost in thing. I think there was. I, mean, I think there was a press conference like a day or two uh, before 9/11, and I think they were talking about um, the budget or. Or money troubles in government, and and they'd done some sort of accounting and discovered that there was like two or three trillion like unaccounted for. I'm not sure whether you're familiar with that. I think someone asked Rumsfeld, or it was either Rumsfeld or Cheney, um, were asked about you know defence budgets or or money irregularities, and and they basically said, you know, at the moment we're, we're you know two or three million. Two or three trillion, you know, we we can't find where it is, and you know, as soon as nine eleven happened, no one seemed to ask. Well, hold on, this is a lot of money, you know, where's it gone? Interesting. Uh, so it, you're you're suggesting that it, part of this whole thing was a, a, a giant caper of maybe several trillion dollars, um, and and you know, and, and then all the, of course, the money laundering that. Could was allowed to happen after all the wars. I mean, war is the best front for a money laundering operation when you're trying to steal all the money from the treasury. The best way to do it is to start a war and then ship that money to, in the form of footballs. I mean, the, the Bush administration actually did this in Iraq. They created footballs of money, of of cash, and they passed them out to people in Iraq. So... It's like these guys were just ready to loot the treasury, and this was the first, you know, seed to do such a thing. Um, and, and you know, there's all these questions surrounding Building Seven, and people sort of like, kind of, they don't understand like what the big deal is. They're like, so what? So this building fell a little bit later, but it kind of just points to the notion that like, you know. The buildings didn't have the, the the two big buildings that came down didn't have to come down based on and so many physicists say this they're like the fire just there's no way the fire could have gotten that hot that the buildings would have come down the way they did and the fact that the building seven was said that it you know they they lied about that they said basically that it, it fell on its own you know weight or fell because it was a fire that was in there it was tiny. What you know? What that sort of opens the door to the fact that they're willing to lie. You know, I mean, it's a clear, obvious lie. So then you say, well, if they're lying about that, then what else are they not telling the truth about, right? That's right. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about the you know the, the twin towers. I think people that have investigated the um, 
<coughs> the uh, kind of technical aspects of it. I don't think there's <coughs> I don't think there's ever been a case in history where you know a uh, you know a, <coughs> a building has you know collapsed you know you know on its own due to due to fire and fire right. you know the, the fire has to burn at a, uh, has to um, melt um, steel <coughs> at a certain temperature. Um, to, to do so, and they're saying about it's you know the, the plane crashed through and it it cut the columns and it, it like this a pancake theory I think they call it, um, which uh, the the top the the, the floors um, above a certain section became too heavy for the ones below and it just you know pancaked down so it, it looked like a, you know a demolition. Um, I'm <laughs> I'm really not sure because I've, I've seen footage and it looks like. Uh, Lower as the uh, building is is collapsing, uh, there's like lower floors, and you can see kind of what looks like you know kind of explosions coming out coming out of windows and coming out of the sides of the building. It looks very suspicious. Um, yeah, those are called so, squibs. Yeah, squibs. Yeah. So I mean, who, who knows whether um, you know that the, the, the obviously the the planes were were the, were the means to try and bring down the the buildings and maybe the, the maybe bombs or explosions were like a you know a, a backup plan you know plan b um but whatever happened um i mean i remember i mean i was i was not working on the on the day of 911 and uh with, with the time difference it was like um it was like i think like two in the afternoon or, or so and uh and uh i actually had the, the bbc um a channel one and they said we've just uh we're hearing reports from New York that um, that an aeroplane has hit the uh, World Trade uh, Center in uh, downtown New York, and uh, and uh, the first reports they said it was a small commuter plane, and, and I thought, well, that must be a kind of a, a lousy pilot, or you know, didn't didn't he just see this big building right in front of him? What you know, what what what's happened? And then maybe ten, fifteen minutes later, they're saying, well, we're, we're hearing actually, was it wasn't a small commuter plane? It was you know, it was a commercial. A commercial airliner, and I thought, well, that's, uh, that's that doesn't sound right, and I, I kept watching it, and then all of a sudden, you know, that the second plane struck, and then you knew that you knew that something was up, and uh, all, you know, all the channels over here, and uh, I mean, you're you're, <coughs> you're in New York. I mean, I don't know where you are in New York, um, you know, whether in Manhattan or Brooklyn or Queens or wherever in New York, but I mean, <laughs> were, were, were you? Were you there that day? How close were you to the, you know, to, to where it all happened? Um, I I was working at like a night shift, so what's interesting with with me is that I really didn't go through that day at all. Like I went to sleep around like six in the morning, you know, seven yeah, so in the missed, morning. Yeah, you missed most of it. I yeah. missed the whole. Like I woke up in the evening when everything had already like a lot of the dust had settled. Like, and 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 in many ways, like. It's one of the reasons why I think I've been able to be objective about this day. It's like I didn't really feel the fear that I, I know that at a certain point, at least people were telling me that there was like this feeling that like anything could happen, you know, and it was like this real scary moment for United States, and that's part of the reason why United States became such a you know was able to get a you know the, the that they were able to get us into all this horrible war and torture and all these other things because everybody was just really scared during that day but I 
you know, like I said, I was spared that for some reason or another. Maybe yes. So, that I could so I mean, as 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 the day unfolded, I mean, it became, you know, a little bit later on in the day, <clears throat> you know, in UK time, and uh, I was watching the um, the BBC news and the and the Sky news, and I was <clears throat> I was watching it with me uh, with my father, and uh, they were um, obviously the uh, the second plane had hit, and then shortly after the. Um, <clears throat> The uh, second tower had had, uh, <clears throat> had gone down, but I think we were we were watching the uh, we were, wa- were watching the footage, and um, and I think I remember saying to m- <clears throat> to my father, I, I said, I've got, I've got, I've just got a feeling that you know e- either one or both of those towers are going to collapse. I don't know, I don't know why I kind of felt that, but I just felt that you know they were going to come down, and then when all the reports came in about um, a plane had hit um, the Pentagon, it almost became you know kind of like a hollywood movie and there was all these news reports of you know of possible other hijacked planes and then there was like i remember that yeah yeah. i remember there was like even in when i noticed what was happening like in the evening they were saying that there were other planes in the air that there were that they didn't know that where they were and like i i couldn't i mean i was like are you and then it just no one ever talked about that shit again do you notice that yeah, I mean, it, it it was it was strange because you were watching, you were on the edge of your seat watching, you know, like a horrible tragedy un, unfurl, and it was it was almost like a an action Hollywood movie. You just you really didn't know what happened next. There, were these reports flashed on the screen saying there's a there's a plane, another plane that's been hijacked, and it's and it's um and it's uh, heading for the White House, and or there's an and or the Capitol building, and I'm I'm sitting there, you know, with, with my father, and, and I'm. You know, I'm saying, I mean, would, how unbelievable would that be if this, if like an aeroplane crashed into the White House? That would be like the most unbelievable thing you would ever see in your life, like you know, on television, if if something like that happened. Because you'd had, you know, like Independence Day, the movie where like you know the alien spaceship kind of blew up the White <laughs> yeah. House. And I remember being in the in the movie theater and and like the audience cheering. It was uh, kind of kind of really strange, but obviously the 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 plane that was. Um, that was supposedly headed for the uh, for the either white either the White House or the Capitol building was the plane that was United 93, which was the one that crashed, uh, supposedly crashed in um, Shanksville, Pennsylvania, which leads on to another thing. Um, did did uh, did the plane get brought down by heroic passengers trying to battle these terrorists, or what? It, what is possibly my belief, um, and that it was actually shot down. Well, that's the that's the question because when you uh, when people went to where the site was, of course, right after one, you know, it's like a plane usually goes down in bigger pieces than just every, you know, it got that plane broke up into many many pieces, and a lot of the fuselage was missing and never, you know, made it anywhere, and it was just like almost a vaporized plane, you know I mean? And so how could that... And then there's all this talk, you know, now that Cheney's back out uh, with his book, all this talk about, you know, somebody had given an order to shoot down... Yeah, to shoot down order, yeah. Yeah, To shoot shoot down down. a civilian... And you know that it's like they probably shot it down and they probably decided that that wouldn't be a good thing to tell people, so they made up this story about the 
the heroic uh, hijacker with because you know it was so convenient because you know the whole let's roll thing. Remember? Yeah, was, yeah, that's probably like expression. Yeah, yeah. And it was like the guy who was in the plane who he was talking to his wife on his cell phone, even though nobody's cell phone worked. You know, it was like yet his phone worked and he was talking to his wife and. And, and he was telling she was he was saying that he was plotting uh, you know a, a w- to take over the plane from the terrorists and then crash it and that's what happened and and they even made a movie about it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, they, they made the, they made a the movie about it. I mean, I, I've, I've I've seen the movie and it's it's obviously well done. But all, I mean, all all the movie movie reviews were like five stars, you know, ten out of ten, saying it was like the most unbelievable movie and it was the greatest movie and you know it's only the greatest if you really believe what the government's told you but i've got a feeling that 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 plane was was um was a shot down because i think there was there's been reports of like parts of that plane being found like you know kind of 10 12 miles away from 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 shanksville and if if it's you know if parts are being found that that far away then you know it was shot at in you know in mid-air and you know that yeah. it's uh, it's been you know destroyed, and and the and the parts have gone here, there, and everywhere. Uh, rather than if you actually look at the kind of alleged crash site, the the hole looks like um, not much more, not much bigger than maybe like a a dog, you know, trying to you know bury a bone, if you will, you know, kind of scratching around with its paws, and you know, and and, and digging a hole literally the size of. Um, Oh, uh, try and guess the guess the size of it. Um, maybe the size of um, let me see. Well, probably less probably less than the size of like a boxing ring or or, or a wrestling ring. Really, the hole is not 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 big at all. Hmm. Hey, we have uh, a caller on the line. Let me uh, oh, cool. get the person on. Uh, area code four zero seven. You may just be listening. All right, do you have a question? Okay, no, no, go. I don't have a question. Um, I just had a comment. I just wanted to say that uh, I support you all, and I think you're doing a good job, and I'm just going around supporting all the shows that are speaking at this time that are actually making sense and speaking common sense about what, what really happened on 9-11. And I just wanted to say that, uh, you know, that I support what you all are doing. Thank you. And keep up the good work. Okay, thanks, man. Thanks. Do you want to stay on hold? Uh, well, I'm gonna. Uh, well, yeah, I'll say hope. Okay, yeah, because I mean, some people listen through your phone. Uh, so, uh, but anyway, so. Uh, if, I, oh wait, go ahead. Okay. What do you say? No, go ahead. Oh no, I, I said I said that I can listen on the computer, but I, I just wanted okay. to also say that I, I think that that whole. I mean, this is me personally. What I feel. I think that whole um, shabam with the whole jobs thing that they set up yesterday with this um, this jobs building act. I mean, personally, I feel that they they could care less about jobs in America um, based upon obviously. the evidence, pretty much. And I believe yeah, they just obviously. set all that up to draw in the attention of everyone so that they could hit us with the whole 9/11 uh, terror threat, which is with they went right into it basically after the jobs speech. And, you know, I think they're just trying to lead people on to believe as much as possible to continue to believe in this whole Al-Qaeda strike. 
Yeah. They need the external enemy to get us to to accept the the new world order as it were. So yeah, I agree with that. Thanks again thanks for listening, man. All right, bye. Thanks. All right, talk talk to you later. Um so 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 in general though, I mean like just to finish up about the um the the Pennsylvania thing. Um they I just thought it was just so convenient for them, you know, to even have like they it was like they even branded it. It was like the whole thing. I mean, and to me it's like amazing also that if this were if 9/11 had happened under Bill Clinton, like it would just be a whole different thing. Like they would have blamed it on him. They would have used it to, to, to you know, m- make him look like he couldn't you know do foreign policy. On the other hand, with Bush, it like really helped his popularity and it made him a um, you know a hero, which I just found very odd given that it was kind of their you know it's like on their watch that this horrible thing happened. I mean, you can imagine if something happens when Barack Obama is president. Like, the right wing will just uh, savage him and say, well, this is because, you know, you couldn't protect us. And, you know, so it's just, to me, it was fascinating how it worked out for them, you know. Yeah, in, 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 a, way, in, a, in a way, it worked out good for Bush because, you know, he, he, obviously it was his first term and uh, he wasn't doing, uh, it was quite early on in his presidency, but he, he wasn't proving very popular in the uh, in the opinion polls. And it was He was kind of, you know, ranking as one of the kind of least... You know, popular, you know, uh, presidents, and uh, all of a sudden this thing happened, and you know, kind of, you know, Bush kind of got in his cowboy hat and you know, was kind of acting a bit like John Wayne, and you know, we're going to get, you know, we're not going to, we're not going to take this, you know, we're going to, we're going to go there, we're going to smoke him out, we're going to just bomb everything, and you know, it, it got a lot of, you know, the the American public and in a kind of a gung ho spirit of, you know, let's. Uh, you know, USA, USA, let's get out all our flags, let's just, we're not going to take this shit from anyone, we're just going to go around the world just, you know, just, uh, you know, punch him, punch him first and, you know, ask ask questions later and that, that set off a lot of resentment um, around the world and uh, Bush was by, just... By intention. I mean, it was yeah. almost like provocative at the point where he was like... You know, he was. You know, you're not. You're with us. You're against us. Let's roll. You know, using the guy's expression from the the the, the hijacked plane. I mean, it was just like this perfectly choreographed mind fuck on American people, and they got us into Iraq, and it got us to accept torture. It got us to accept wiretapping. So all these things that we would never have accepted. You know, even you know, we would never have wanted to go to Iraq. So um, yeah, that's right. I think. Yeah, so I was just going to say. I mean, we've we've kind of, you know, I think most people know the basic facts of of, of 9/11 and the actual, you know, the terrible events that happened that day. But perhaps, kind of, what's more important in a way is, you know, is the uh, is the aftermath of of 9/11 and all the changes that have been made in our society since then. Um, you've obviously got uh, you've you've you know the the US and uh, and Britain certainly and a few other allies. You know, are now in kind of two or three wars around the world and they've been kind of, you know, bombing Mary Heller of Afghanistan and Iraq and Iran and the, the war is costing billions and billions and trillions of <coughs> of dollars, no doubt. And it was all kind of, 
the, the fallout of the 9/11 was obviously, you know, we're going to find out, you know, who did this, and the sus number one suspect was Bin Laden, and you know, he's probably in the caves in Afghanistan. So let's go to Afghanistan first and just carpet bomb the whole place and make it like a parking lot. Um, and then there was this, this whole kind of uh, deal, you know, to do with the. Uh, you'll probably remember this, you know, the weapons of mass destruction. You know, we've got, right. got to go at these places because they have weapons of mass destruction and they can, you know, put these chemical bombs and they can, you know, they can reach us in 45 minutes. And, you know, we need to get rid of these dictators and we need to get rid of these tyrants. And, and Which begs we, the question. I mean, it's like the fact that they they always say, they were always like, what if 9-11 was done with a nuclear, you know, device that they could get their nuclear hands suitcase, on. Nuclear suitcase, yeah, yeah. And my question was always, well, if they were going to do it, if they really wanted to do something to the United States, why wouldn't they wait until they got that nuclear suitcase instead of doing this, like, little attack and then just having us come over there and bomb the shit out of them? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, why wouldn't they deal us, in the first instance, a death blow that we couldn't recover from? Instead, they... They hit us with something that we easily recover from and then come back and have war with them. I mean, what advantage could they possibly be gaining from doing the 9-11 attack, right? I mean, it just doesn't make sense. Yeah, I mean, like, I've, I mean I, I've often wondered, you know, what what was there, what was, I mean, if, if we go along with the official story of, you know, it was, you know, it was it was, it was Al Qaeda and uh, you know it, it was Bin Laden that was the mastermind of it. I mean, what what was their actual what was their actual motive? Because I've never been aware of of a motive, and I think the official line of of you know of saying what what their motive is is that that that, that Bush and and his cronies always trotted out was um you know they they don't like they don't like our freedom. Did you ever hear that? It was always trotted out. Bush and and Rumsfeld and Cheney would always say. You know they attacked us because they don't like our way of life. They don't like our freedom. And I thought, well, why would why would they do all this? What's what's that got to do with anything? That's, that is a strange, you know, motive to um, to start uh, you know wrecking people's lives and and killing people because they don't like our freedom. That seems very strange. Still there? Hello? Go ahead, man. Sorry, I, I, you you dropped off or I've dropped off or something. What, so I what dropped was the last? Off. You dropped off? I dropped off. The last thing you you must have been talking about. Uh, just uh, go ahead. I because I I could it, everybody else heard you but me, but I I kind of knew where you were going. So if you want oh, okay. to just finish yeah, up. Just, so, you know the actual motive for the for the for the attacks. I mean, the, the official authorities right. always said, you know, it was, it was because they were, is because, um, you know, Bin Laden and Al Qaeda, you know, they they didn't like uh, they didn't like our freedom, they didn't like our way of life, and I always thought it was a strange motive why you would, um, you know, start um, uh, hijacking airplanes and, and and killing people because you're jealous or because you don't like the way that someone lives. I mean, most wars are started over like. You know, religion or, or or invading a territory, and this one was based on a, on some sort of theory that they don't like 
you know, the Western culture. They don't like the way they live. They don't like the way we live. Right. So, you know, we'll just, you know, we'll do all this, um, <clears throat> we'll do all this mischief to, to mess with them. That seemed like a strange motive to me. It was, and it was also strategically, like, if you're going to go after a tiger, do you just kick the tiger in the face? It's like, is that is that really the answer to, you know, starting a war with the United States um, where you're going to lose? You know, it's, it does, to me it's like, if you have the capability to to do an attack like that, and, you know, and people were talking about how they thought about flying over and crashing the plane into the nuclear facility, for example, at uh, at Indian Point, whereas, you know, in, in um, New York over here. And, and it was like, why didn't they, you know? And the answer is, is that it wasn't the enemy. You know, it was a false flag operation. It's like right there, just the fact that they didn't do the most destructive thing that they could have done, which... It to me tells me that they weren't that this isn't an enemy that really was fighting us, you know. I mean, because any any real enemy would have really dealt us a real blow, and not just one that would have precipitated us going over there and decimating their sanctuaries, right? Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, I mean, the, the 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 whole fallout of the thing of you know, look, you know, we've got to go to these places because they got weapons of mass destruction, and they sent in these these teams of people to. Um, you know, to, to to look for them, and you know the, these so-called weapons of mass destruction. They, you know, they were never found. They had these NATO teams go in, and uh, you know these uh, uh, chemical inspectors and things, and they never found these things. And yet, the war still stayed on going. You know, they, uh, you know, they ended up, uh, you know, uh, you know, one of their famous sort of saying, you know, kind of regime changes, and they ended up getting rid of them. Um, Saddam Hussein and uh, and currently they're kind of you know you've got all the problems with um with uh, Gaddafi in in Libya and uh, obviously well let's, Bin Laden, let's talk yeah. about let's talk about what these wars were really intended to do because you know obviously the Iraq War was for the oil fields in Iraq but a lot of people don't realize that the Afghanistan War had to do with a pipeline and a pipeline that would have uh was being objected to by the current regime in Afghanistan prior to 9/11 that is uh the the Unical which was the um company that was going to build this pipeline from the Caspian Sea I think to pump some I think natural gas but I'm not sure exactly what they're Yeah, I think to you're pump. right, yeah. And 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 so th- they went to the uh the the, t- the Taliban actually came to um United States and went came to Washington to meet with the Bush administration and the Bush administration basically offered them a you know like a a, a road paved with gold or a road paved with bombs and they said you know take the road paved with gold let us build a you know um a pipeline underneath your country and you know you'll be spared our bombs and basically they said fuck you uh, we're not going to do it and and then all of a sudden 9/11 happens and guess what we're building in Afghanistan right now you know so and guess who the president of Afghanistan is it is the former head of Unical so yeah, exactly. uh, Karzai so it's exactly, like that yeah. was the purpose of that you know war and it's, you know all these wars are are all based on that kind of shit that's it it's all these people are all connected it's all this kind of 
old boys network you know you always find when whenever there's a position comes up um an executive position comes up it's someone that's been a, a former part of, a, of another project nearly, nearly always gets the you know the, the vacant position and you know they're going back to the you know the pipeline business and the whole, build, whole business of kind of rebuilding Afghanistan you know the contracts went to um, um, Halliburton and uh, and who was the uh, former kind of head guy at Halliburton yeah, Donald Rumsfeld and Dick Cheney. Yeah. And 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 you know the, the the point is is that all these wars have an ulterior motive. Um and in Iraq you could probably I would argue that all those inspectors those weren't real inspectors. Those were people that were out there scoping exactly where the oil was, exactly where the oil fields were so that when they sent the troops in, they know knew which areas that they were going to secure, you know, because they didn't care That's about right. anything they were like, else. They were like location scouts, in you know, in the, in the TV and movie business, you know, they go to a location to, 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 you know, to scout it out to see whether it's, you know, whether it's a, whether it's a viable, viable prospect. And you know, these guys were under the kind of guise of weapons inspectors or chemical inspectors or whatever. But you know, in in a way, they'll, you know, they're doing these reports, and the reports are obviously getting back to to the people that want to. Want to know pertinent details, and uh, you know, then the then the things, you know, then the things start start moving from from then onwards. Yeah. So so let's go back then to this um, to just what we were talking about the attacks because you know this was the setup, and and we should also just mention uh, the project for the New American Century because there was in. Uh, this paper that was drawn up, basically entitled "The Project for the New American Century," and you can uh, look it up, uh, which came out in the Clinton administration, which was a direct letter to the president, uh, basically saying that we needed to invade Iraq uh, for for X and Y and Z reasons, and it was rejected by Bill Clinton. But in that report, it said that you know we probably wouldn't have the political will to attack Iraq unless we had another Pearl Harbor. And so you, you, then you see with 9-11 that we have that Pearl Harbor, and then, of course, the plans are made to uh, go into Iraq. I mean, is that just a coincidence? Are, are we are we this stupid people? I mean, anyway. Yeah, I mean, you're right with, with this. I mean, uh, you, the project for the New American Century, which is, you know, when people refer to it, they, they often refer to it as PNAC. Um, as the, right, and the authors. Let's. I mean, just want to finish up. The authors are the bunch actual, of neocons. The neocons that are now that were then and in 2001 in the Bush administration leading foreign policy. So yeah, yeah, it's, and it's and and I think it literally came out around about a year or 18 months or so before 9/11, and you know the the the, the guys that were part of this um, kind of think tank, you know, that were that were making this report. You know, were the kind of usual suspects of um, of Bush cronies and and Washington um, higher ups. You know, Donald Rumsfeld was part of it. Um, there was, a, I think, one of the main guys was a guy called Paul Wolfowitz, which I think yeah. another guy called Robert Zelik. Um, yeah, and basically what you're saying that you know they couldn't they couldn't kind of advance. You know, the the American. Um, and kind of world dominance any further, you know, short of you know, like a a new Pearl Harbor event, you know, uh, that would um, um, 
kind of create kind of like an, an ongoing war. You know, like uh, I think Rumsfeld kind of said that it, this, this thing would be like a hundred-year war. You know, almost be like a never-ending, never-ending war. Um, but I mean, it's, it's it, this, this whole report kind of outlined the kind of you know the American sort of diplomatic, political, military power. Talking about you know the the uh, the resources that that are obviously in the Middle East. Um, obviously, the oil resources are, are the main thing. Another thing, obviously, I don't think this was covered in the report, but this is another thing that I've heard that's um, that's been mentioned about Afghanistan is that they've got like a it's they've got like a huge um, huge uh, vast amount of poppy fields and, and poppy fields create opium, and you you've got the, the whole drug smuggling. Uh, type thing. Thank and, you. you know, yeah, yeah. There's been so so many reports of of um of basically of a of American military over there just kind of guarding these you know poppy fields and even helping you know with you know kind of uh you know the maintenance of the, of, of of these things in, in a way kind of, you know guarding the you know this kind of the, the drug culture that's so prevalent in society today. Very very Absolutely. very very strange. And an interesting fact about that is that the Taliban, they uh, they were actively destroying poppy fields. So the Taliban were against the growth of heroin. And the heroin now has gone, grown exponentially since we invaded uh, in Afghanistan and so has been supplying now. I mean, you can imagine the money rolling in from just that alone. And the brother of Karzai is one of the head heroin dealers you know, distributors in the country. So there you go. Another business motive, ulterior motive. I mean, probably even more lucrative than the pipeline. Uh, you know, when you think about it. Yeah, certainly not not um, not far off in terms of uh, of, uh, of of money of money worth. Um, yeah, I mean, they're both they're both very valuable in their own unique ways. And this is the reason why we're still there. This is the reason why the Afghanistan war is the longest war we've ever had, because they are building a pipeline. So, I mean, it's like they're still not finished, and they're not going to be finished for another 10 more years. So, that's there you go. Um, it, it's just amazing how people are so, like, able to manipulate others through this patriotism shit and through this fear, you know. And And you think about, like, Okay, so Afghanistan is the base of operations for al-Qaeda, which attacked us. And so this is the reason why we're there. And, of course, now they're saying, oh, they've bled into Pakistan. But, I mean, for all practical purposes, they could have gone anywhere at this point. So it's like the notion that we have to go to a specific location to snuff them out is like it's, it's, it's whack-a-mole as a foreign policy, and it's, it makes no sense. It only makes sense to a child. Yeah. Right. That's right. Yeah. Um, another part of obviously the the fallout of of nine eleven um, were, you know, the uh, torture and, and rendition and, and and things like that that became more <coughs> more uh, reported on in the <coughs> in the media. Um, and the, you would also, I mean, the, the, probably the most arguably the most popular program probably of the um, of the of the last decade has been the program Twenty Four which um kind of deals with you know the whole 
terrorism sort of aspect in the world and you would have you know the jack bauer character you know literally t uh you know in interrogating people torturing people you know just to get things out of them and it, this whole this led to you know revelations in the press you know that talking about was it um al grabe that we you know where the troops were just mistreating prisoners um the whole waterboarding type thing and then you had the rendition of people you know being brought out from those countries and you know interrogated being tortured in you know some kind of you know in the place of back of beyond in somewhere in eastern europe and these temporary prisons and uh, a whole espionage world of, of of trying to find trying to get into these you know terrorist cells um very strange business yeah, yeah. And and what's interesting about the whole torture regime is that traditionally torture has always been used by governments to elicit false confessions and to discredit people through, you know, torturing them into admitting to crimes that they didn't commit. And, and you know, in many ways like that's exactly what the Bush administration was trying to do leading up to the you know, war in Iraq was they were basically trying to torture prisoners to to come up with a connection between Iraq and the 9/11 attacks, and you know they were basically asking that question over and over again to try to get one guy to say yes, Saddam Hussein and uh, Bin Laden met, you know, and so they actually did find a guy, or they managed to did get a guy to say the right thing, and Colin Powell uh, used his testimony, which was through done through waterboarding and torture. Uh, to, in, in the UN, in the his report to the UN, so you know th this is this is exactly what torture was meant to be used for, and that is to get false information, and 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 it also is a form of you know oppression and control, and yep. and you know it, it it produces fear not only in the the mind of the people you're fighting, but also in American people mind because they know that it's a, they could be tortured you know if any if there's any question to whether or not you're an enemy combatant guess what buddy it doesn't matter that you're american you know yeah so. i mean the, the whole the whole you know guantanamo bay thing is a is a, an interesting subject um and when um, obama was uh, campaigning for a, for the presidency he kind of said that you know when i become or if i become president i will close down you know Guantanamo Bay, and uh, well, it's, he's been in office for uh, what close to two years now, or, or two years or so, and it, it's, it's, it's still open. It's still um, it's still doing its um, kind of illegal business, if you will. It's still torturing people. It's still you know getting the, these uh, terrorist, so-called terrorist prisoners, and, and and torturing. And I mean, the, the guy that I mean, if you go in with the kind of official official story of it, I mean, the guy that they kind of said was the sort of the kind of along with bin laden was the sort of mastermind and the sort of the money behind the attacks was this guy called khalid sheikh Mohammed, and uh he was the guy that they were trying to um <clears throat> didn't they uh they want the uh, they were trying to get the trial in 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 new york and you know i think they'd literally interrogated and and uh and uh, they waterboarded this, him this 80, guy 187 what, times 187 yeah, just, times i mean so you you you're going to you're going to tell someone anything that they want to hear you know when you're when right. you're talk, being tortured that much which and leads the bush us administration i mean just want to say the bush administration knew that they were 
exactly what they were doing when they did this because they understood that they would create a whole class of criminal that could not be tried and could not be let go. And therefore, that's why Guantanamo can't be closed because we can't try them because we tortured them and they would be, under any system of law, they would be acquitted because of how they were treated. It doesn't matter what they did. Yeah, so exactly. it's like yeah. any law of, of, of men would have let these people free, but we can't now because we don't know what they're going to, you know, what kind of revenge they'll enact on us, you know. Yeah, that's right. I mean, we've we've been talking uh, for an hour or so, and we, we've barely mentioned, uh, you know, the, the guy that the official story is, um, is uh, attributed, to. attributed to, and that's um, Mr. Osama bin Laden. Bin Laden. Yeah. So well, I think we should about- probably... You get into him let's for a little talk, bit. Yeah, let's talk about um, the one piece of evidence that has basically pinned him to the 9-11 attacks, which is a tape where he's apparently bragging about the fact that he had planned these attacks to a friend. And it's it's not an official video, that like one of the ones that he released. It's basically like a candid, you know, kind of surreptitiously recorded thing where he's on a couch and he looks fat. It doesn't look like the Bin Laden that we know from the the many video messages that he's put out there. Yeah. And he's, he's talking about how, and he's got this gold watch on, which apparently is something that he would never wear. So it's the, it, they call this the fat Bin Laden video. And this is the one where, and, and it's it's funny too because nobody ever brings it up. So, because I guess they know that it looks kind of stupid, and so you never see it on the news, but yet it's always assumed that we know that uh, uh, this guy did it, um, uh, um, Bin Laden, and yet the FBI, uh, they never you know, had them on their website as a perpetrator of the attack because they claimed there was just no evidence of it, you know? That that's right. It. Yeah, that, that that that's one that's one of the strange things out of the whole thing that you know on the FBI kind of site where it would you know list people that they're interested in talking to about certain certain crimes you know to do with 9/11 and Bin Laden was sort of wasn't listed as like a a suspect and uh, they had no no interest in uh, no interest in him as a as a as a suspect in the in the 9/11 thing which is quite incredible really but I mean the whole the whole Bin Laden thing. I mean, obviously, you know, as we're talking now, it's been a few months where he's um, where he's supposedly been killed, I and mean, that 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 leads to a whole other, you know, a whole whole other um, ball of wax, if you will. But um, we won't probably get into that. We can probably do a separate show on you know the conspiracies and the discussion that have been about you know the the death of Bin Laden. But if we're talking about the kind of the the lifetime of of, of Bin Laden, I mean. Uh, the guy, you know, considering the guy was supposedly living in Afghanistan, he wasn't, you know, an Afghani. He was, you know, he was Saudi Arabian, and he was, you know, pretty much Saudi Arabian royalty. You know, his his family, you know, the, the Bin Laden family were were very rich and very well, probably still are very rich and powerful. And uh, even if you watch, um, if you watch like the Fahrenheit 9/11 uh, documentary movie that Michael Moore produce you know he he kind of shows you know that you know the bin ladens and the bush family were you know were you know were, were, were good friends you know they literally you know not just send each other christmas cards you know they'd go on vacation together so uh that's, that's a worrying that's a worrying connection that um that, you know that there is a connection between the bin ladens and the bush i think there's a i think there's a book i think there's a, there was a, a book that was um 
discussed um I think it might be called like the House of Blood or something, but it was it was a book detailing, you know, all the relationships between the bushes and the <coughs> Yeah, House of Bush, House of Sod. House of Bush, House of Sod, I think. Yeah, yeah. But and, uh, or something like that. Yeah, but I you know, the the thing about bin Laden is that he yeah, he was part of this big family that is very friendly with the Bushes and his brother was having breakfast with Bush Senior when the attacks occurred. So I mean, that's right. Like, yeah, I think it was a guy called ba- Band, of, and, and and like the the kind of nickname for this guy was like they called him Bandar Bush because he was like just with the Bushes. Oh so well, often. no, that's that's a different guy. But yeah, I know what you're oh, talking yeah, about. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He he's the uh, guy from Saudi Arabia who is like the you know they call him Bandar Bush. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, yeah, yeah. But but yeah, and and the fact that you know these are 19 people from yeah you know, I think. Uh, a certain a majority of them were from Saudi Arabia, and yet Saudi Arabia, you know, is not a suspect at all in this attack. You know, what I mean, that's, that's right. Yeah, that, you you think really that the, you think that the country that you know that that produced you know you think that the the host country, the home country of these people that that produced these uh, alleged terrorists would would receive some sort of um, retribution about the uh, attacks, but you know, instead of um, going and you know and uh, you know bombing the hell out of Saudi Arabia and, and the, these terrorist families and stuff. They chose to, you know, just not go there at all and, uh, and you know, leave them alone and, and go to Afghanistan and then, you know, then Iraq and, you know, now Libya and, and the whole Middle East is just a complete mess. I mean, it was uh, it, it was untidy, to say the least, before 9-11, but since, uh, since 9-11, it's a real hornet's nest and... Uh, you know, every day in the, every day on the on on the news or you know on the internet or in the newspapers, you you read about you know unrest in the in the Middle East and a, a regime change or something. You know, the people rising up and it's Egypt and there's a lot of things that have been happening in certainly in recent years. Um, not not immediately after 9/11, but certainly in recent years there has been um, a lot of um, population uprising. And it, it oh, all yeah. kind of tie, it all kind of ties into to 9/11 and the whole aftermath, and it's uh, and there doesn't look like there's going to be uh, any uh, any end to um, to all the unrest there. Um, I would probably say for for sure, probably in both our lifetimes, I I can't see um, I can't see the Middle East and you know indeed like you know Israel and Palestine you know kind of ever being resolved. You know, probably as well, long as we're happened. alive. I mean, look what's happened, though. I mean, it's it's the perfect storm for people who deal in natural resources like oil. Uh, we we've every every war that we launch over there increases the price, makes the oil you know takes oil off the market and then increases its price exponentially. So, you know, right when the Iraq War occurred, you know, over those years, gas just went up and up and up and up. Because they basically took out all that oil from the market and sat on it, and now you know it's, it'll come back online pretty soon, but at the new high price. It's not like they're going to like bring the prices down, you know, significantly again. So it's a perfect way to. I mean, because let's face it, like when, when, the way it was set up, and I think they realized this: the way the Middle East was set up by having all these dictators was that we were getting oil too cheap. And so they wanted to make the oil more expensive. So the best way to do that is to let Exxon produce it instead of these dictators. 
So now there's this whole plan. It's part of the empire. It's part of the plan for the empire to take over the whole area of the Middle East, finally, you know, and and get that firmly under the control of, you know, I think America is trying to beat out China, you know, in this respect, because they know that the future of the energy, you know, is, is all there, you know. Yeah, that certainly right? is the most that certainly is the most um powerful kind of aspect of uh, the whole thing as a whole um you know and you know certainly in this in this day and age and and, and as as the as the world goes on that the the most um the most luxurious item the, the you know thing that people can't can't do without is energy whether it's uh you know gas for your car you know, uh, you know, water to to drink and to <clears throat> and to use as you as you as you will. Um, and all energy resources are obviously vitally important, and the people that control them um, are going to have uh, they're going to have all the cards in their hand. Yeah, and and that's why Iran, you know, Iran back in the day was overthrown because the country itself was going to um, nationalize the oil fields and make you know, do it in a way that, you know, the way Chavez, that's why they hate Chavez in Venezuela, because he has made it, he's nationalized the oil, so it's not like these private entities anymore, it's like the state run, and the, the, a lot of the money that is generated ends up going to the people instead of just like a few executives, but that's not the model that, you know, the people that are controlling this country are are interested in. They want a model where there's you know, like everybody's like, they're they're the few people running it, and they have all the money, and they're able to jack the price up and fuck you know the the normal person, mm. uh, and they are. I mean, look at the way the I mean, I can't imagine what they are in 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 England, but the price of the gas. I mean, ever since Bush came into office, it's like you know, it's gone up like maybe four times. You know, I mean, that's not that's not just a coincidence. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I, I'm not sure what the I'm not sure what the price of gas is um, uh, where where you are now. But I remember I remember being on vacation in, in America in in around about 1996 or 97, and and uh, we we had a hire car and we would stop at the gas station and and uh, and get some gas, and it was like uh, it was like a a dollar twenty or something. And I don't yeah, know what it is exactly. now. It was like I don't know what it is over there sure. now. Yeah. Right now it's. Uh, it's almost four dollars, maybe a little more. Yeah, um, I mean, we we it's pay like between we, four and four fifty. We, we pay a lot for our for our gas um, over here because uh, they they add um, VAT onto it. So, um, if, I mean, you, you guys think you pay a lot for gas? I promise you, we we probably pay. I'd probably say we probably pay twice as much <laughs> for gas over here. We we are. I don't know what the the money conversion works out to be but um if you were to come over here and 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 you know and have a car and, f and fill up you you would you, you would be amazed at the at the price that that they charge and you know pe people i mean there there have been protests over here where you have we have truckers and, and people that depend you know their livings on 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 using fuel and they've blockaded roads and and things but these protests last for a day or so and then they're forgotten and people just put their hands in their pockets and and pay the price that you know that BP and uh, SO and Texco and all these companies, you know, all these gas stations charge, and that's just that's just the way it is. But um, I just want to track back to the the whole 
to the to Bin Laden thing. Certainly the video videos that are, I mean, obviously Bin Laden is is dead now, or, or so we're told. But when Bin Laden was alive, every sort of you know once or twice a year, you'd, you'd have like a a video recording, you know, kind of released to the media, and it was always you know kind of a little bit dark, and it would be done on like a, a home, you know, kind of movie camcorder, and it would be sent to the um, to the kind of main Arabic um, TV network, which was, you know, which is, um, well, still is um, Al Jazeera. And then that would be sort of, uh, you know, dispatched to um, all the other sort of foreign news agencies. And you'd, you'd see these different video recordings. And like you said before, there'd be somewhere Bin Laden would, would have like a jewellery on, which is kind of forbidden, I, I believe, in the... Um, the whole kind of Muslim culture of, of, of wearing jewellery and and things, and there'd be ones where he'd appear to have gained like you know forty pounds or, or something. There'd be ones where his beard would be you know quite grey, and there'd be other ones where it would be quite dark. And you know, it led to a lot of uh, a lot of theories about you know kind of doubles being used, you know, impersonators. Uh, you know, is it the real guy? And if you if you kind of research Bin Laden, you know, on the internet, um, it seems that around the times around the time of of, of 9/11, he was actually having health issues himself. There was there's reports of him having, you know, kind of being in being on like kidney dialysis equipment in you know in, in hospitals and you know having liver failure. I mean, if this guy's having like liver failure or kidney failure, you know, and he needs. Uh, you know, round-the-clock treatment, then he certainly isn't living in a cave somewhere. He's going to, you know, he's with with his money and power, he's going to want the best, you know, private medical treatment. Um, and that, you know, there are reports that, you know, he was kind of proclaimed dead, you know, even before 9-11 happened. And I believe, um, and I've seen this on a documentary, that the, um, the first kind of video statement that Bin Laden did, which I think was probably four or five days after 9-11, he... You know, he actually he denied any involvement and just said, you know, I've, I've not, I've not carried this out. It's, uh, right. you know, I, I've not carried this out my, myself. It's carried out by, you know, people with their own, you know, motives. And uh, and then gradually over the next few months, you'd you'd see, you know, him not still not sort of taking credit for the act, but you know, kind of. You know, like laughing in America's face by saying, you know, you've, you've, uh, you know, the chickens have come home to roost. You know, you've, you've messed with us for a while, and now you, you're having all these problems. But yeah, the, these videos were very, some of them were very misleading. Some would be sort of a little bit incoherent and a bit rambling, and he'd be talking about other things. I mean, obviously. How about uh, when he came on? How about when he came on almost like to help Bush? He basically came on and endorsed Kerry right like the night before the election. Remember that? Yeah, yeah, that was, a, that was another strange one. Um, I mean, it was perfect. It was the perfect uh, gift to George W. Bush. I mean, it was great. I mean, this, um, this, ben, this Bin Laden guy, you know, he's he's got a, a heck of a history. I mean, if you, you, you watch some of these documentaries, and there's probably documents around the internet that you can that you can read. It's it's I think it's pretty much been shown that Bin Laden was, you know, he was like a CIA asset, you know, in the 80s. You know, he was well, kind of right. working for the CIA, you know, and, he, and apparently Not his code name, he, he code, name yeah, code name was Tim Tim Osman, which is like the least, 
you know the least sounding Arabic name you could probably you could probably pick. But you know he was working, you know for for the CIA, CIA um, in their sort of dealings in Afghanistan when you know when like the Soviets were there um, when the uh, um, Afghans were and uh, you know it's, it's strange to think of it. But, you know at, you know at, at one time. You know, at one time in history, you know, the, the U.S. were kind of friends with these guys. Now, whether they used these guys as kind of like a, a patsy, like uh, like like Oswald, uh, or whether these guys just got fed up of the American influence and and you know, to to use a wrestling term, you know, t- turned heel on them, um, is another thing. But certainly, he was um, an intelligent asset for 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 a long time, and uh, at one time he was allies. You know, they were allies with the with with the U.S. and uh, yeah, he helped drive out the Soviets uh, with the U.S. backing. Yeah, so he was part of the right. Mujahideen. That's right. Uh, we have yeah. a caller. Uh, let me oh, cool. get them on here and see if they have a question. Um, area code six three one. What's up? Hey, how you doing? Uh, I'm here in New York City, and you know, I was here. You know, grew up here, and I was here when two thousand one happened, and a lot of people thought that I was nuts when I told them, you know, when it happened, I already, you know, knew what was up, you know, the way the government was from childhood. And uh, in America, I, it sounds like you have a London person on the phone or English? Or? Yeah. Yeah, that's right, yeah. 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 And, um, yeah, over here, you know, I have two aunts in London, you know, a lot of people around the world. But America is just the land of, like, the brainless. And a lot of Americans have a problem, you know, talking about that. When I, when I went to Europe and other places, they're open about it. And um, what we've been noticing, a few of us that think freely, is they have been conditioning the public for this anniversary of fear and, you know, the decade of ignorance, uh, you know, the earthquake, uh, which if a free-thinking mind, you know, they can manipulate that, even hurricanes. And when I spoke with some people, I said, oh, well, that sounds like your theory. And then all of a sudden on the Discovery Channel, a show called Engineering Hurricanes comes up. The earthquake was labeled a terrorist. You know, you had people getting interviewed in Manhattan talk about, oh, it reminded me of, you know, 9-11. And, you know, so that, Mm. also the earthquake hitting D.C., Pennsylvania, New York. So that's a subliminal that's sitting in the minds of people because those are the three places where the planes crashed, two, yeah. two in New York and in Pennsylvania. You know, so it, it, what I've seen over the past couple of decades is like an engineering, a psychological engineering. And when I was growing up a young kid in the 70s and the 80s, everything seemed cool. Now when I look back, I see the conditioning. They're, they're, and this is really hard for people to accept. Even in all countries, London, you know, other countries, they're not really countries. They're criminal enterprises. Yeah, and at this point, sure. Yeah, you know, I noticed in, in Holland and in London, and, you know, you're, I think it's you're considered a subject instead of a citizen. So a subject, you know, without a doubt, you, it's a better system as far as not screwing over the, you know, the the citizen or the or the other person because you get free health care you know you get you get things over there that people should get over here that they just don't get because it seems like the american i call it the american experiment because it's like we pay 
for for everything, yet we're still tightly enslaved. And yeah. the psychological, yeah, 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 I didn't want to take up too much. Uh, you, you no, know, that's fine. I, go ahead, go ahead. Well, the psychological enslavement of people, because I, I, I wouldn't want to call it homeschool, but I teach teens and adults uh, free when I can, you know, because I still have the work and, you know, provide for myself. But the most important thing I tell people that I can teach them is how to detect a lie. And, you know, I keep racism out of it, even though we know it does exist, um, because, you know, I'm a person of color. But um, I try to let people know that, you know, you're going to find good people in all shades and from all countries. Another thing with Americans is, you know, that old joke is true. A person that speaks two languages is bilingual. A person that speaks three languages is trilingual. A person that speaks one language is American. And they they don't want to learn. Uh, if anything, you should learn our language. Um, and difference becomes scary. I mean, I've traveled to a lot of states around America, and it is frightening. It's really frightening when I look at the the subservience of people. It's actually dangerous because if you don't oh, yeah, know man. how to blend in, man, you 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 know, kind of reminds me of what uh, I don't know if the story is true about Voltaire from France. And uh, he was surrounded by a bunch of Englishmen, and they were going to, you know, kill him. And he goes, look, man, you know, look, come on. I, it's bad enough I wasn't born an Englishman. And they ended up like, you know, he's saying they, you know, carried him home, hip, 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 hooray, you know, this and that. So understanding where people's minds are is extremely important because it just shows you how easily the, the basic populace can be manipulated. And that's by a mere free thinker. Imagine a government with tools like media, um, radio, uh, you know, schools, institutions, you know, the, the college degrees. I mean, it's, it's, that's basically a degree of conformity. You know, you get a, and, and a lot of college grads, you know, I go to colleges, speak with people, they're in denial of that. I say, look, if you're a doctor or something, thank you. If you're a mechanic, you put people back together. But as far as, you know, as far as somebody healing themselves, if somebody comes in there sick, it's either one of two things, something you ate or something you came in contact with, environmental poisons or eating a poison or something. And that you, you can't really tell me that much about that. Two words I noticed anybody with a degree or a lot of people have a hard problem saying is, I don't know, and I was wrong. So yeah. you, you'll almost never hear that from politicians or anybody with a college degree. I don't know or I was wrong because it takes away the fake authority that they've been given, you know, which is the degree. I, you know, I, I I look for shows, man. With con- I cannot find stuff. So when I saw the label, you know, occult knowledge, you know, talking about 9-11, um, a lot of people here, there's a few guys, you know, one guy, I don't know if he's going to go on tonight, but he's from California, and he was talking about, the manipulation, like today in America, the movie that comes out today, Contagion, an fear-based. If that isn't orchestrated, man, and the funniest thing is, last night on on the television, um, they had yeah, that's you know, a good one. <laughs> yeah, thanks, man. We scan it, you know, to see what the programming is for the for the populace, and they had ancient aliens. They were talking all about comets and alien seeding disease, the plagues, all of that, 
go to the other channel, Batman, uh, where it was the one with Christian Bale, the first one, where what was the plot? They wanted to poison the water supply. So more, and then today this movie, and I'm like, the Daily News in Manhattan, it says on it three big lines. The letters are over three inches big, 9-11 terror uh, attack. I mean, it, it's just scary. Just look, it's like, what the hell's going on? They yeah. are, I mean, it's conditioning. The, the Patriots are just mentally stifling. Everybody was watching Obama yesterday, like the majority. I walked out. I said, you know, I'm going to the bookstore, man. You know, it, just, <laughs> it, it was just like, you know, you're going to watch this puppet on TV yeah. lie to you. You know, I needed to get clips of when he was running and saying, if I get elected, I will end the war in Iraq and put them side by side with the clip recently of, you know, sometimes war is necessary and this and that, just prepping for Libya. It... it I, I came to the conclusion that the intelligent people that can see through it, that's why they don't produce news that intelligent. Because it's it's a lot easier, and this is a fact, it's a lot easier to fool an intelligent person than it is a dumb person. So, huh. you know, a dumb person, well, and not, not to, to, to be mean and call them dumb, but a simple-minded person will look at something and say, wait a minute, that's not, that can't be good. We'll say, oh, it's technology, blah, 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 he's just behind the times, he's in the country, this and that. And then you find out years later it causes cancer or some shit. Right, right. And then the guy that was growing his food, living naturally, not sitting, you know, watching TV uh, an hour a day, even an hour a day. we got to remember, this is a lighted box that flashes colors. And that's yeah. the same tool a hypnotist uses. Yeah, it's David a hypnotizing Ike. machine, yeah. Yeah, Exactly. Exactly. David Icke, I mean, he said it best, the hypnotist in the corner of the room. And I might not agree with everything he says or other people say, and that's another thing within our own ego that, that kind of holds us back, is to say, well, you know, I don't really like his opinion on this. Cool, then don't worry about that. Take what's good, hack off the unessential. Because some of the stuff he's saying, shit, the Ku Klux Klan in America says stuff that's relevant. I mean, <laughs> they, you know, they'd hang me if I was in a certain area, but... They're right when they say the government is doing this and that, you know. And what it is is they're seeing it first because, of course, they've had the most freedom. You know, so once it started getting taken from them, you know, when somebody says, oh, well, you know, America's not what it was, I'm like, yeah, what, how far you want to go back to when I was in chains or some shit? You know, <laughs> what, what, you're going back to India when, you know, British is raping through there, you know. And and that's the thing to separate and, and divide us because you get – Black guys, Indian guys, Spanish guys, they get on that pro shit, and I'm like, yeah. nah, man. I'm like, that's that's not right. I'm like, there are good good white people, there are good brown people. There's 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 good in every type of person out there, and this is the ultimate divide and conquer um, thing because if it's not color, you might fall into the patriotism. Oh, well, you know, he's from Europe, or he's. It's like, wait a minute, man. Who cares where he's from? So like if he's a free-thinking individual, embrace that person. You yeah. Know? And and most of the time I see people, and, you know, they say good stuff, and next thing you know they come out from under the rock. Oh, well, you know, yeah, that's just what Jesus said. I'm like, yeah, because cause you knew him, right? <laughs> you know? But, uh, yeah, I just wanted to, you know, throw in my two cents, you know, and help out or whatever. You know, I see you guys have the, uh, the um, you know, just just the name and the whole, you know, to put something up like that, you know, because I went through a few shows and I was just like, eh, maybe five minutes, and I realized 
a lot of people on Blog Talk because I'm thinking of starting a show. So I'm going through and checking stuff because I don't want to just right, jump man. in and yeah, cool. just throw money away, you know. Thanks, but, uh, thanks, thanks for coming in. Yeah, thanks on the for calling. Yeah. Well, we're on more regularly, so you should just, uh, you know, call in again when you can, man. Yeah, yeah, I'll call in and, you know, I'll, I'll come in the chat room and talk in the chat room, you know, so I can hear, you know, everybody's, you know, view and stuff like that. But um, thank you for letting me voice my opinion, man. All right, cool, man. Thank you. Thanks. All right, take care, man. Thanks. All right. So, hey, so, listen, Mark Grant, um, I wanted to get into some of the central questions around 9-11 and have you comment on them. Uh, and this comes from an article in tvnewslies.com, uh, uh, .org. Um, okay. And, and basically, these are sort of like the main questions that people who look into this ask. And uh, so let's just start with... Um, why do we still believe the tale of the 19 hijackers when so many of the accused hijackers showed up alive within days? And why do we still believe the fable of the 19 hijackers when the FBI admitted they are not sure about either the identity of the hijackers or if they were any hijackers at all? <laughs> so, exactly. Uh, go ahead. Exactly. Yeah, I mean that that's that's another thing that gets brought up from time to time about, you know, the the fact that they named uh, all these hijackers and like within days, you know, the the uh the the, the people behind these names would like what well, you, you know they they'd appear on TV in you know in uh, in uh, Afghanistan or or Saudi Arabia and they'd and they'd say, well, that that um that's not me, you know, I wasn't a hijacker because I'm 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 here now. So you know, are they, you know, are they are they faking passports? Are they are they doctoring passports? Are they, you know, picking names out of a bag? You know, the, you know that they they credited a lot of people with uh with being you know part of the hijack crew, and these people were like you know turning up alive and saying you know it wasn't it wasn't me you know I I'm, I'm still here so I don't know who it is that that did it or even if people you know were doing it um but yeah there was and i think the official line is that they they were trying to say that the reason why um was because you know the passports were stolen or something and the whole passport thing leads to another uh, interesting um part of the whole 911 thing is that um uh, apparently um like an FBI agent or or a cop you know found found like a found a passport you know, on, you know, on the sidewalk, you know, by the by the uh, twin towers that had kind of, you know, miraculously, you know, not been burnt and destroyed in the in the uh, in the in the plane crash, and it was just happened to been sort of just lying, you know, on the sidewalk, <laughs> yeah, sort of, I know. you know, per, almost perfectly preserved, where everything else had been burnt to to kingdom come, and this passport, which was. I mean, if you believe that this story, then all of a sudden you would have to say that someone has obviously, you know, planted um, uh, planted the passport there. But um, the whole thing about a passport surviving, uh, a paper passport surviving out of a out of a fireball is um, is ludicrous. Yeah, that 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 in itself was really um, uh, another question. Um, uh, why did George W. Bush's Secret Service detail not rush the president to safety? when it was evident that the nation was under attack. If the nation was under attack and they did not know the scope of the attack and the president's location was known, how did they not worry about being attacked in Florida? 
Why did they act as if they knew that there was no threat? And why, when our nation was under attack, did the president not rush into action? If you say he was concerned about upsetting the children, you are the ultimate apologist. He could have told them that his mommy was on the phone and he had to see what she wanted. Our country was supposedly being attacked, and he waited 20 minutes before he moved. This is the smoking gun of smoking guns. Yeah, that's right. I mean, if you watch the the footage of Bush, you know, in in, in that in that school, um, you know, kind of an aide comes in and sort of you know whispers in his ear, and Bush has sort of a sort of a puzzled look on his face and continues to sort of sit in a classroom, you know, with sort of a vacant look on his face. And if you watch the actual video footage, he's holding this um, he's holding this book. And the book is actually upside down, so he's supposedly reading this book upside down, which is quite comical. And uh, yeah, they're trying to say that you know he didn't, you know, he didn't like bolt out of the door because it would alarm the children. I'm sure they, I'm sure they could have done it in a different way. They could have, you know, just instead of having a, a big kind of a big, a big kind of hustle scene, you know, have a couple of uh, people walk up to him, mention his in his ear, and then maybe beckon <coughs> beckon the teacher over and. And explain that they, uh, you know, that something's important's come up and they have to leave. And then, you know, it, it, this could all be done in, you know, in, in less than less than a minute. But of course, he, he he sat there and just almost waited for, the, you know, the next the next step in in development. And it, it's it's um, yeah, it kind of, in a, in a way, it leaves a sort of a smoking gun to you know, Bush's possible knowledge or even you know shudder to say you know sort of participation whether you know uh meant or not in 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 the whole uh, in the whole day well related to that also was the the fact that you know they didn't know anything was happening right but yet uh there was a state of emergency that was declared uh when bush was in florida uh by his brother who was the governor at the time um, you know that that's kind of odd. I mean, they don't usually just declare a state of emergency just because the president has come, you know. But yet he was already under like waiting for some shit to happen, you know, as, as though they kind of had some idea that something was happening. Um, uh, another question is, um, who placed all of those put options on the airlines just prior to the? De- to the event as if they knew that stock prices on those specific airlines would lose a huge amount of value. And this is true. I mean, basically, there were a lot of people who, you know, basically bet on the fact that certain airlines would, you know, dramatically tumble in their share price. And they made, you know, millions of dollars just on that sort of speculation. And, you know, that nobody really looked into that. Yeah, that's right. I mean, uh, a lot of people, you know, really cleaned up out of the uh, the whole thing, and you know, obviously in the in the whole kind of uh, financial business and the, and and the stock exchange uh, business, you know, insider trading is like, uh, you know, you 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 lose your license, you know, you, you you in some instances you'll end up in jail for having insider trading um, knowledge, but people were, you know, doing these put options and and making money on these airlines losing their. Uh, their share value um, after these incidents, and people, you know, there's certain people, and, and these people were probably in on aspects of it. Maybe they were, maybe they were relatives of 
you know these higher up people and you know they they kind of made these sort of bets if you will and and they made money out of out of a horrible tragedy and uh you know I hope they can look at themselves in the mirror in the morning and realize that <laughs> yeah right um here's another question um why was there molten metal flowing under the wreckage of world trade center uh, of the world trade center for months no jet fuel can melt metal, and nothing explainable could melt that much metal and keep it hot enough to remain molten for a month. So basically the idea is that there had to have been, because that's, that's exactly what happens when you have a controlled demolition involving, you know, these um, <coughs> steel rods or iron rods or whatever they, the metal was that they that was supporting the World Trade Center. You create these pools of molten metal that stayed burning for a very long time. Um and, and and all the metal too was interestingly collected up at the time right after the attack and, and sent over to China to be melt melted down. And the people that have gotten pieces of that metal have tested it and it has uh tested positive for thermite, which thermite, basically yeah. is the is the after uh it, it's 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 uh, what what is left by a controlled demolition uh, when when you have metal that is involved in that. So, so I mean, there's a lot of evidence pointing to not, an- another piece of that evidence pointing to that specific thing was that the head of security of the World Trade Center was a cousin, I believe, of or was a company headed by Bush's cousin. Have you heard that? Part. Uh, yeah, was it uh, was it Neil was it Neil Bush or was one of yeah those? Neil Bush? I think yeah. it was. It, I'm not sure which Bush, but there was a Bush that was involved with the security of the building. So there was the ability, the opportunity to plant explosives, you know, at at an earlier time, and then detonate it. Because and then connected to that story is what was also suppressed by the 9/11 Commission report was the fact that. The people that were there in the last moments before the buildings collapsed reported to hear a series of explosions underneath the building, and, yeah. and then then the buildings came down. And those reports were just completely ignored by the 9/11 report. You know, I mean, come on. Yeah, and I, I think that, you know, there's reports that you know that that um, you know members of the F- FDMY, you know, the, the firemen that were. That were uh, in the building, you know. There's there's uh, video evidence of of them saying, you know, that they thought, you know, bombs were going off. You know, it sounded like bombs are going off, and the floors are coming down like it was a like it was a demolition, which leads further um, credence to the um, possibility that there were um, explosives in the uh, <clears throat> in the towers. Yeah, and it was Marvin Bush. I was pointing out by Marvin uh, Bush. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was pointed out by somebody in the chat because basically. You know, you have all the elements there. It was just the perfect thing. And then you also had Larry Silverstein, who owned the building, who my understanding was that he was told that the building basically had to be retrofitted uh, because it had asbestos uh, issues. Um, yeah, that's right, yeah. And and it was going to cost him, like, Too I much think money, double. Yeah. yeah, I mean, so much money that it was not a good investment at that point. But then when the building... He did, but he did take a really hefty insurance policy out on the building and ended up getting twice its value back. So yeah, he really being, made out well. Yeah, instead of being paid, in, the, 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 instead of being paid out on um, 
on a one terrorist act uh, for the for the for the two buildings. He got you know he got paid out you know for two terrorist act on 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 two buildings. So he um, you know he, he made out he made out good financially out of the uh, the whole deal. And uh, you know there's question marks around um, what knowledge he um, he had of the um, the day's events certainly. Yeah, and the poor guy, I mean, wherever he goes, he's hounded by 9-11 truthers asking him why he said, you know, we had to pillow the building. Of the, you know, it's just, it's yeah, hilarious. that's right, and yeah. These yeah. 9-11 truthers are great, I mean, because they even plague Bill Maher on his show. You know, they're just like all over the place, just like shouting yeah, at people. When I've even I've even met a few of them when I've when I've been to when I've been to New York in recent years, and I've been down in like a, I've been in, been uh, you know down ground zero or I've been um Union Square or something and there's there's been like, you know, nine eleven sort of truth people out, you know, handing out leaflets and DVDs, you know, they hand out like DVDs of like loose change and and uh, some of these documentaries and things and uh, they wear these T shirts and you know and, you know, the the guys are from all kind of walks of lives. There's there's some young guys, there's some, you know, middle aged guys, you know, and uh and I've I've talked to him on a, a couple of occasions and you know sort of talked about the london sort of the london 7-7 attacks and you know the new york stuff and uh you know these these guys aren't just uh you know so-called sort of crazy conspiracy theorists you know they, they they've got a lot they've got a lot of points and um i'm sure there'll be uh some sort of um some sort of uh well not demonstration but there'll be some sort of um uh visual um uh protest um probably this weekend in new york um probably oh, i'm few, sure there will be few, yeah a few well, marches and things like that and what's interesting about the 9-11 truth movement and you know but i'm sure this happens in every movement but it gets there is a portion of the movement that inevitably gets co-opted by the powers that want to cover up the incident so you'll have people that'll be a part of the movement ostensibly but what they'll do is they'll take you know, like they'll they'll make these outlandish claims, like in conjunction with, you know, saying that 9/11 happened. Like they'll be like, and you know, like I feel like Alex Jones might be part of this, where it's like they go they go almost over the deep end and start saying weird stuff that like you know that you know all the planes were remote control or that there was this you know. Um, uh, I, I don't know. They, or there, there is a lot I mean, of crazy I, stuff. Yeah, some people. Say yeah, and, and, and it's almost like they. They do that, yeah, hologram, and they do that with, um, you know, every conspiracy theory is that, like, they'll have a group that almost poses as one of the truthers and will will even do acts of, like, violence to discredit the movement or will will make outlandish claims, you know, and go on TV as these, you know, truthers, and then people look at that and they're like, oh, well, these guys are crazy, and so it helps to discredit the movement. The best yeah, way to cover it up there's, is there's probably flood. There's probably, there's probably people in these groups that, you know, that work for the government and they're, they're kind of, you know, they're there, you know, to, you know, disinfo agents. Um, yeah, disinformation, right, that's what it is. Yeah, and uh, a, couple, a couple other things that, um, that um, are interesting to, to note about 9-11. Um, um, there were People, people working in the in the towers um, that were um, Jewish or Israeli. Apparently, they were getting like text messages telling them to get out. That's uh, that's another common thing that seems to be known about the 9/11 thing. I'm not sure whether you, whether you're aware of that. 
Wait, I'm sorry, I missed that. You went out there for a second. What did you say? Um, yeah, people, uh, you know, Jewish Israeli people that were working uh, in the Twin Towers that, uh, that morning, they were getting, you know, like text messages and, and stuff, um, you know, uh, early in that early in that morning, before, you know, before the work day started, saying, you know, don't go into work today, you know, don't don't go into work this morning, hmm. and kind of just leaving it leaving it as that, and that's lead, led to a lot of um, sort of theories on the internet of like. Um, you know, Israeli type uh, uh, de influence on 9/11, and whether like, you know, Mossad were behind it, or or rogue agents, or you know, or, or and there's, there's you know, you know, it's like with the internet and a lot of things. There's always um, a lot of people ranting and raving about Israel and and uh, uh, Zionists and uh, all this type type of thing, and trying to you know apportion blame on on uh, on, on other groups, and that, that's um, that's an, another part of the the 9/11 thing. Another interesting uh, part that you probably be aware of. Around about uh, six, seven, eight months before 9/11, um, there was a television program that um, that was made. I think it was made by the producer of the X Files, and sort of the basis of this program was like showing like a you know a 747, you know, like just plow into the twin towers. Yeah, I think I think it was called the Lone. I think the TV show was called the Lone Gunman or or something like that. And it's made by the people behind the X Files. So the people are sort of pointing to that and saying, you know, people, you know, this this uh, TV show went out on you know national TV and it's you know kind of preparing people psychologically psychologically for you know for for future attacks. And of course, you know, not not long after the the program aired, you know, the you know it actually happened for real rather than in a you know a TV program. Indeed, indeed, um, and 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 there's there's some other things that we should also look at here. Um, uh, well, we talked about the photos from 80 plus cameras that were confiscated from the Pentagon that have never been released. Um, uh, we talked about why the airplane that crashed in Shanksville uh, apparently vaporized so that nothing remained: no bodies, no luggage, no metal, nothing. Uh, for the first time in aviation history, um, it, but that, but that what did survive was a handwritten note from a hijacker uh, was apparently found. Um, so that's just you know just adding it, it, so many things, so many loose ends to this story here. Um, and also, uh, finally, um, when W uh, well actually uh, uh, this is actually a big thing. Why were the NORAD rules changed for the first time several weeks prior to 9/11, taking responsibility? Uh, you know, it's basically the um, they they took the responsibility and authority for shooting down hijacked planes away from NORAD military command for the first time and gave it to a civilian, Rumsfeld, and then returned it to NORAD the day after 9/11. And also at that time they were planning drills of the actual event that was planes crashing into buildings, they were doing a drill, uh, or at least they had a drill planned for the exact same day that 9-11 happened, so that when they finally, you know, when it was being, um, when it was happening, the people that were involved in trying to deal with it kept asking the question, is this real world or is this drill? Because they didn't understand 
they couldn't, you know, it, it, it provided the necessary distraction. Yeah, that's ways. right. Yeah, that, that provided distraction or, or, or confusion or, you know, or, or one or both of, of, of those things. You know, you'd, you'd see these um, uh, video footage of or, or audio um, footage of uh, people asking questions on the, over the airwaves. You know, is this uh, is this uh, real world or uh, or part of the uh, <clears throat> part of this? Uh, Kind of war games and drill that was going on, and and the kind of the official sort of explanation is that you know it did confuse people. People didn't really know how to react. They didn't know whether it was part of the drill or whether it was a a real situation, and that might have um, thrown a spanner in the works. Um, who knows? But um, I, I think the I think there was a was there a code name for this drill? I think was it, was it something like Vigilant Guardian or or Global Guardian? It was one of these sort of um, uh, code names, but there's um, there's certainly a lot of confusion and um, uh, about the, um, the 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 problems um, in in the air that day about the the scrambling of the jets and you know they headed off in the wrong direction they headed off towards the the coast or something rather than in inland and they arrived too late and there was a some sort of um, there's been debates about um, a shoot down order by um, by uh, Cheney or, or Rumsfeld, you know, sort of, uh, uh, you know, basically if the, the planes were, were in sight and they had an opportunity to, uh, you know, to, to shoot them down and, and chosen, chose not to, and that that plane, you know, headed into the, uh, headed into the Pentagon. There's um, there's a lot of um, confusion and um, questions, certainly regarding what was happening in the in the air that day you know they didn't know who you know which planes were hijacked i didn't know um which uh which planes to follow didn't know which way to go and um well that's know, another thing about the the flights themselves that were off course for several you know almost over an hour and that you know whenever that would normally happen they would be greeted with fighter jets um and and that somehow that system got short circuited uh and there was no um there was, you know, there was just like no one noticed that these planes were totally off their, their course, you know, and that that in itself was like, what's going on, you know, who's, how did that happen, you know? Yeah, I think there was in, an incident that that um, might have been covered in the Fahrenheit 9/11 documentary where they were talking about um, a plane going off course, and it was the and it was the plane um, of the. Um, of the golfer called Payne Stewart. I'm not sure whether you're aware of this. And you know, his 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 um his plane was uh going off course, and you know they you know they had like fighter jets, you know, alongside the the the, the plane, you know, within minutes, and yet you know they couldn't seem to um uh they couldn't seem to organise anything on um <clears throat> on 9/11 with these uh you know more important things to to do. They they couldn't seem to um. They couldn't seem to sort that out, and you know whether whether there was you know uh, you know a gremlin in the works, people you know not wanting these things to be um, to be stopped. You know who knows that might be a, another thing entirely. Yeah, and and that in itself, I mean, it just seems so odd to me uh, when when you have all these planes that are unaccounted for, or not in their flight plan, and you're just gonna. Um, I, mean, I just to me it would just seem so odd that they were allowed to remain in the air at all. Um yeah. but but that's just, you know, that's not that's just yet another thing to add on to this this 
craziness. Now, somebody just as an overall point, a lot of people say, you know, that's really monstrous to think that uh, the Bush administration would be willing to kill Americans to 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 accomplish some kind of goal, you know, foreign policy or whatever. But like, you think about what they did in Iraq for no reason. I mean, they basically killed over two million people. In I mean, in Iraq, for what? You know, for some oil, some money. So these guys don't give a fuck. So why would they care about killing a few more thousand here in America that they don't, you know? It, to me, it just seems like odd that people would even question that it could, it, they were capable of it. It was clear that they were capable of basically anything. Once they went into Iraq for enough, for no reason, you know, it was just to me, it was like these guys, these guys will do fucking anything. And so that's why, I, you know, I don't necessarily believe in the 9-11 conspiracy. Like, I don't know. All I know is that the story doesn't make sense, and these guys are ruthless fuckers. So I don't put it past them, you know. Yeah, that's right. That's, you know, you don't you don't put it past them. And I mean, we'll, we'll never we'll, we'll never be in a position where we're you know that high up in in authority that that we can know what goes on through, you know, the people in in controls heads. But you know, they're you, you know that the, the average the average Joe in the street has has got a different mindset to 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 these people. I mean, we, we would. You know, never comprehend of doing such such a such a deed, but you know the people in power, and power is just a powerful thing once you've once you've got hold of it, and you can control, you know, with a you know with a use of a pen and signing a document and making a phone call, or pressing a button that you can have control over people's lives um, and deaths. That um, these these people, this uh, small kind of group of people that are, that are in it for various means to make a ton of money and to make their friends happy and the corporations happy and the war machine happy. You know, it's not beyond, really, if you think about it, it's not beyond comprehension to think that, you know, either they knew it was, knew it was coming or, you know, they kind of created a, a way where it, it would happen and they wouldn't, you know, really get kind of fingered, you know, for the for the crime. Um, maybe that's what's happened. It's um, this this thing's going to be ongoing. It looks like this thing's. We'll probably never know the real story because you rarely ever know the real story behind you know major world events. Just like you know, it's almost 50 years after the Kennedy assassination, and uh, there's no real definitive. Um, explanation or, or story um, of what actually went on and I've got a feeling that 9-11 is going to be one of those things that's going to be ongoing and ongoing and from generation to generation people are going to discuss and debate and talk about and argue about what happened and um, there's probably never going to be um, a conclusive um, conclusive answer to uh, all that's gone on well, what, I, what I think what I think should be done is somebody should actually just do a movie like do a movie of the worst case scenario and basically that's you know the worst case scenario being like that the government like actively planned it and like what would be wrong with just saying okay this is a this is a fictional history piece uh, about how if the government did do it what they how they could have done it and then you do the whole movie like that and then you do you know um Maybe another movie where it's like, well, here's another way it could have happened. Maybe they just let it happen. You know, or I don't know. I'm just saying, like, would they ever allow a movie like such a thing to? Yeah, that, that movie would be, would be 
yeah, a movie would be tough to get made, I would think, and it'd be uh, it'd have to be some sort of um, independent type thing, like um, you know, like Loose Change, and sort of end up on YouTube and have you know millions and millions of views. I mean, if people you know are interested in in the nine eleven thing, there's a you know a multitude of documentaries and and uh, and uh, videos that are that are available on the internet and uh, and, and DVD. I mean, the, probably the biggest one that sort of mainstream one that came out was Michael Moore's Fahrenheit 9-11 which was fairly decent um, overview of um, a lot of the stuff that um, that went on uh, certainly before 9-11 and uh, not, Hold on, we have not, about 10 sec- I just want to say we have 10 seconds left on the live feed. We will continue to talk on the download so check us out on the download. There's only about, we'll, you know, we'll talk about 15 more minutes yeah. Um, and uh, go ahead because uh, finish what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, uh, Michael Moore's got his critics of being, you know, kind of a, you know, kind of a lefty, you know, like a liberal, and you know, he's he was he was once a small time, you know, sort of movie maker, and now he's, you know, he's got a lot of money and he can do this and this that. Well, whatever he's got, he's, he's got his critics, but I think Fahrenheit 9/11 is. Um, is a, a pretty decent product, and um, it gives a quite a good um, overview of, um, of sort of what went on, certainly beforehand, uh, and it does to a certain extent, you know, apportion blame, and uh, a lot a lot of the movie is is more kind of poking push at uh, poking fun at Bush at being sort of a a hit cowboy in a in you know in dumb and you know avoiding the draft and. This, this, that, and the other, and uh, but I, I, I enjoyed the uh, the film, and uh, and that came out before the before the Bush um, Kerry presidential um, um, uh, era, and uh, it was amazing to to see after a, a fit. I remember watching, I remember going to the movie to, to the cinema and watching that and thinking, oh, there's after after this movie, there's no way that that the, the American public are going to elect Bush. You know, for a for a second term, and and what happened? You know, he he got in again, and I, I was scratching my head to to wonder how that um wonder how that happened. Well, it was Bin Laden, man. Bin Laden uh, you know, endorsed Kerry the night before the election, but <laughs> we talked about that. But uh, but in general, I mean, Fahrenheit 9/11 wasn't really a part of the 9/11 conspiracy genre. I mean, because he didn't. I don't think Michael Moore. Uh, believes that 9/11 was an inside job, or it, I mean, yeah, I don't I mean, think that he movie, does. Yeah, that I don't movie think was he... more just like the Iraq War more than anything else. But yeah, yeah, I don't think ahead. he, I don't think he probably believes it was an inside job. I think he just thinks that it was, you know, there was, um, you know, a certain amount of um, negligence um, that that led to the attacks, and, and it's kind of saying in a way that if, you know, if, if the if the people in the intelligence and people in government had had um, done their jobs. Uh, properly, then um, that would have prevented the uh, the attacks taking place in the first place. But um, other than other than obviously the Fahrenheit 9/11 documentary, you know the most famous um, um, 9/11 uh, movie, certainly on the um, conspiracy um, part of things, is um, Loose Change, which um, which I think they've done about three different versions of. They've gradually, you know, updated each version with you know. New new evidence as it becomes available, and, and new footage, and new interviews, and um, all three. Uh, if you've got any interest, you know, in uh, investigating the 9/11 thing, all three 
uh, films, in my opinion, are um, are well worth watching. Oh yeah, that's definitely a good a good thing. And another thing about just uh, Michael Moore is that in that movie uh, there was the fact about how the um, the Saudi nationals that were flown out when there was you know all the planes were grounded, they were allowed, including members of the Bin Laden family, were allowed to leave the country. Uh, on on chartered uh, flights, so that was in Fahrenheit 9/11, which you know is a big thing in the 9/11 conspiracy movement. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so we'll we'll just uh, I think wrap it up there. Um, I want to thank everybody for listening to this extended 9/11 show, and I guess it makes sense since it was 10 years since it happened. And uh, thank you, Mark Gren. Thanks for um, the, the good insight there, and hopefully. Uh, you know, we'll come, we'll revisit this uh, if something new comes up. You know, and uh, and and we'll always talk about it. And also, I want to talk about seven seven when you know when that date comes around. So we will do that too. Um, yeah, we certainly can. Yeah. Or you know, we don't have to wait for it. We can probably just do you know do a show on that too, just uh, because it's related. Um, but you know, there's all these different things that have happened. Um, so and they continue, and we have now a new threat that is, you know, basically threatening us right now. It's all part of the, the scare, the scare machine, and uh, we're yeah, nothing, we're nothing, nothing will happen, folks. It's just, um, you know, it's all well. Actually, you know, it will. I mean, there's, yeah. you never know. You know, I mean, that's the problem. well. If I, if I was a better man, I'd say that nothing will happen. But um, you know, they're talking about um. You know, the, putting out these alerts and you know stopping cars and checking the tunnels and things. I don't think anything will happen. It's just to get people, you know, kind of aware that you know it is the tenth anniversary of it and um, make a whole big spectacle of it. I mean, um, I don't, I don't remember them making as much a deal, you know, like in the in the last the last few years seem to have passed, you know, almost without much coverage of. Um, the anniversary, but obviously a, a ten a ten year anniversary is more significant than maybe you know a number a number seven or an eight. So um, it's going to be interesting to see um, um, the, the, the tributes and what what actually happens um, uh, this weekend in um, in uh, in New York and uh, you know in Washington. Just yeah. hope everyone yeah. stays safe. Okay. Well, yeah. Me too. All right. Well, thanks, man, and. Uh, Thanks for listening, and we will be back again soon talking more of the unexplained. Peace. And uh, peace, man. Thanks a lot. Bye. Bye. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.